pleasantly well, actually. Somebody didn't fuck up what they were supposed to do. <laughs> Dude, I got I got this very, very contemplative look screenshot of you just now. <laughs> uh, just like you're like uh, this. I'm like, gotta do it, gotta do it. <laughs> oh, just do it, man. This is a meme, meme in the making. Oh, good. Good. Can I see it? Can you DM it to me? Like, is that <laughs> isn't that too bad? <laughs> no, it's not. It's it's like very um. Here it is. Just said it. Okay, because we have a screenshot of John as well when he reaches out to the screen. It's very cool. Oh yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Oh my when gosh! You, when you're looking forward to Cappy's new article and it's about the GDP again. Yeah, I actually read um, his new book, or I skimmed through it. Um, you know, I'm trying to think of how I want to talk about it, if at all, because. If you've read Enjoy the Decline, Bachelor Pad Economics, he's not telling you. I. It's kind of like my attitude towards this book is the same as his book toward, or his attitude towards Doc Barone's book. He expected it to be a book about statistics instead of a, it was a book about philosophy. Well, I thought Cappy's book was really going to break down the data, you know, yeah. like really show this is why it's screwed up, and in in reality, it's Boomer Clary. <laughs> What's well, funny? He's a boomer who hates boomers, and he's a Gen Xer. So yeah, but the well, the thing with boomers is boomers will never acknowledge what they did wrong. Never, absolutely, they they yeah. cannot comprehend the mistakes they have made. And well, Cappy can actually say, "Hey, I should have gone into the military instead of the Carlson School of Management." You know. Um, I'm We're actually, live already, by the way. I didn't know if you know, but I always press it. Oh, so are we going to hopefully... <laughs> oh, Cappy knows I hate him. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, what I meant to say is you're right about the millennial book where it's just... It is the sheer facts. It, it really He's not are... wrong. Like, don't get me wrong. He's not wrong about a lot of the stuff that he's saying. I just... Um, it's uh I thought it was gonna be more of a statistics book, meaning like showing here's how how here's how many millennials own a home, the average amount of money they make, the average career. And maybe I missed that part of the book. So this is why I'm I'm like I've been doing a skim read because I've been doing so many other things right now. But mm -hmm. it's a lot of uh stuff that and maybe it's just because I talk to Cappy and read so much of his stuff that um I think that's part of it is like, I know the guy so well that uh, it's, it's uh, if you're like a first time reader, I, here's the thing. If you've never read any of his, his stuff, this is a good book to get because it's so comprehensive. But um, in terms of like describing stuff and he does it in a very like readable manner, but it's not, not what I was expecting it to be based on what he was saying. I guess that's kind of how I- um, I expected it to be darker. I really did. Yeah, I, I agree. I was reading it. I was like, I was kind of like waiting for the dark part of this. <laughs> I was waiting for the dark part of the book, and I was like, well, wait a minute. This is just as dark as like when you've talked about the 38 special, 38 special retirement plan. Once you've talked mm -hmm. about that, that's about as dark as you're ever going to get with, with something. Yeah, and the Smith and Wesson's retirement plan, right? That one. I'll say what? 
the Smith and Wesson's retirement plan. That yeah. one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, the first time I read that, I was like, wow. <laughs> and he wrote that Ooh. back in 2012. Or, yeah. or at least he released it back then. I, I think it came out in 2013. But yeah, t- talking about, um, you know, it's, uh, it's hard because I want to discuss things in a general sense, but you can't talk about anything generally nowadays because people immediately start to say, well, not Nawal, not, not, not Nawal. Not all fill in the blank are like that. So you can't talk about. I have an exception. I know a tall Chinese guy. Like, yes, yes, we know. Well, we know you know tall Chinese. We know you know a guy who likes fatties. We know, but there's only three of them in the world, and you happen to know one. I think an important thing to for people, especially our age, to keep in mind is if you're not. If you want to find out who's in control, who's in power, find the most unreasonable person you know. Because people who are not in power have to persuade other people through logic and reason and be very good at making sense. That's the only way they get what they want. Whereas a person who has power, they don't have to use logic and reason to get what they want because they are in control. They just use their power. So when we're talking about older generations not ever having to admit a mistake, it's because they don't have to. Like, yep. what's what is what are the cons? I mean, it's two things. They don't right in the short term. There's no appearance of consequences. But oh, they, absolutely not. But they believe in the long term there will be no consequences. They don't. Oh yeah. I mean, in the United States, they don't think that there's any way. Because they're complete. I mean, look at the age of the politicians running in the United States right now. We've got a, a seven. We've got a guy who's from the silent generation running for president, and then mm-hmm. all the people. They've. This is why there's going to be a massive leadership gap in our country because they've essentially kept all the younger generations out of control, out of power. That you're just you're kept down below. Um, they don't think that there's ever going to be a time in this country's history in while they're alive where. Um, Social Security, for example, will just be um, abolished, and and people will be if you can't pay your your retirement. So, like they've they've mortgaged the country, and yet when they start retiring in mass, we're, they assume that these things are going to be given to them instead oh, of taking. Yeah, but that that's happening right now with that whole uh, with that whole virus thing going on. It's happening. Like people, the well, I in, heard, in, heard in that people couldn't reach. Hmm? Yeah, well, in Italy they're doing, from what maybe it's not official, but they're doing triage or essentially where it's you prioritize the young, and um and young women, children and young women, you know those who can who are you know fertile for lack of a better word. <laughs> um, it seems so weird to use that word, but yeah, they're like childbearing uh, women. You treat them first, then you treat the healthy men, then you treat the old. Well, in America, I guess I would say in Western society, I don't, I don't know how much of what I observe is applicable outside of my region, uh, let alone the rest of the world. But the old are given the top priority. Like the amount of yeah. the amount of investment that's, I mean, so much of a, a person's retirement or savings. Is the importance is because when they are no longer able to take care of themselves, their family doesn't take care of them. You 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 um, export that to some third world worker in a retirement home, and 
Um, I'm gonna get a cup of coffee really quick to just. Mm. Yeah. Can you can you still hear me? By the way, when you do that. Ah, uh, yeah, I can hear you. Okay, good. Because then I want to make the point because this is what you see exactly in the Netherlands as well, and all over Europe, you've had these boomers putting their children into daycare. Uh, spending money like it was water, never investing anything, relying on the government for their um, for their retirement, and now that they finally reach that age, it's gonna be like my children don't want to visit me, and there's no social security left, and they're gonna let us die. Well, surprise, there, boomer. Maybe you should have taken care of your kids so they wanted to take care of you and store up your money instead of spending everything and relying on the government. Because now they're going to reap what they sow. But again, with the whole bug thing going on, it's the elderly who are most affected. The most, the biggest liability social, um, on a social level is being affected by all of this. Yet, for some odd reason, no, we, we have to keep them all alive. Keep the parasites alive. I know that sounds harsh, but that truly is what is happening. Like... This yeah. this bug thing could have been a God's gift to man, to be very honest. Like, yeah. I'm no hippie. I'm no new age hippie. But look at the environment. Everything is clearing up. Everything. Well, right. And we were talking about this on Masculine Geek. I am of the opinion that this is not... One sec I just got down. One second. I need to go close this window. <laughs> it's, it's, it's pretty sunny outside. It is. it is. It's finally beginning to have light um, in a literal sense. Metaphorically, not at all. This is a land of darkness. Um, mm -hmm. I don't think that this is intentional at all or was planned because if I was a globalist, I'd be panicking right now because it's exposing. I mean, you see it like they're freaking out because all the kids are now at home with their parents. And so mm -hmm. it, it's like a break from the the the. It's everyone got unplugged temporarily from the matrix and is realizing what it actually is. And mm -hmm. then when the crisis is over, now you're going to be able to have discussions that you could never have before about borders, about um, trade restrictions and making sure that your manufacturing base is still in your own, your native country. So autarky type discussions um, talking about more of like parental involvement in education rather than having teachers educate. Um, the uh, the ability of many workers to do remote or telecommuting. So not oh, yeah, that, that is the the biggest win for me of all of this because it's it means the end of office politics. It really does. I mean, I was talking to a person. I, it was off the record um, about this kind of stuff, not for a story. I was just talking to them, and they said, you know, most of it is just about control. It has nothing to yeah. do with logistics. Because look, this is what it's this crisis is showing is this is what people this is reality. The reality is that most people's jobs or a lot of people's jobs could be done from home. Um, we don't need I, think about how different our lives could be where you work online and your coworkers are people that you really don't know because you don't have a lot in common with them other than the fact that you work with them. That way you're able to actually work with your kids. And I hear so much stupid. Like I heard this from a, a boomer, and I hate to, you know, what, whatever. They, they just, if you say it, you deserve it. They said, well, not everyone's able to take care of their kids while they're working. And I go, this is why <clears throat> there's so much that's wrong with 
the way that kids are raised today. And there's no redeeming it within the current system. You have to really get out of it and you need to stay away from people. If you're, if you're someone who's going to have kids or you want to, you know, you're going to have a family, you have to stay away from these people. They will never stop because you, by doing something else different, you represent, um, it's an attack on their values, which is that you go take your child. And when they're, you know, young, you stick them in a, in a area where they don't know anybody and that's yeah. healthy as opposed no, to, yeah, it's a, as opposed to um, where, you know, I'm not claiming to be the parental expert, but the idea is that you want to, you know, start giving them small responsibilities and a little bit of autonomy starting from when they're young. And then you gradually build up their autonomy and responsibilities as they get older. So by the time they're 18 years old, it's a formality that they're now an adult, but they've been preparing for that. There is no preparation whatsoever in the modern Western world for a, uh, a an 18-year-old to be treated like, to act like an adult. And, mm. and in, fact, in fact, I would say that to be an adult, you have to be a rebel in the sense that you have to rebel against people who had authority over you because they never, they will never give it up. They will. Well, the weird thing is most people with authority want to pamper you for some odd reason. You'd think people would want you to be self-sufficient, that they want you to be independent and capable of doing things. Yet for some odd reason, they want you as incapable as possibly can. Like, oh, don't do that yourself. We have people for that. I'm not going to say it's a form of abuse, but it's the same dynamic as an abuser where they violate your boundaries and then they mm -hmm. shower you with gifts so that it confuses you about what they're doing. It, it's, you know, if you were in a POW camp, I think that that would be psychologically healthier if you had an abusive um, camp warden or guard because you're not confused about which side they're on, right? If, the, if you're in a World War II POW camp and you've got an, an abusive, physically abusive guard, you're not confused because it makes sense. He's the enemy. He hits you. That makes sense. When it's someone who claims to care about you and wants the best for you, and while they're saying that, they're, they're, doing, they're conditioning you to not um, be your own independent moral agent, and they're giving you gifts as part of that, that's conditioning you to really never grow up. And it causes, yeah. this is, this is a cause of everything that I, I'm, I'm starting to really look into this stuff because it's explaining so much of the stuff that I see regionally, but also nationwide and in the modern Western world is uh, a lot of this. We want to be in control. Oh, look, finish your thought. Just finish your thought. I'm not even here. I'm like, Maybe at 45%. Just finish okay. your thought. Oh, so in a couple more hours, you'll be at 50%. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> That's the rate it's going. <laughs> um, I mean, the this is explaining so much of the drug, uh, prescription drug use and alcoholism in our country and in the Western world because they, people are not allowed or they, they that is the way they cope with dealing with um, dysfunction. Yeah, but it's the operate. what but is that archetype again? The um the overbearing mother, that's the one right. in in Freud psychology and Freud. Well, say whatever you want about Freud, but he was right about that. That you get that overbearing 
parent complex, but now it's on a governmental level. Well, you have two, you have one of two differences or two extremes. You have parents who um, are very controlling of their child where they, they, they never accept that the child is, is a separate moral agent. They see him as an extension of their own ego. So mm -hmm. they will, when the child expresses their own independent thoughts and desires, those are denigrated unless they conform to how the parent feels, right? Mm -hmm. So they punish them. They, they are very critical whenever they express themselves in ways that, that um, demonstrate an independent mind from them. That's the controlling parent. Then you have the permissive codependent parent where they essentially enable their kid to do anything. And Cappy, I think, has dealt with a lot of these kids where their parents, it's the exact opposite. Their parents never uh, put boundaries on them, whereas the other parents um, fought like, to the death to keep their own child, even as an adult, from setting up you know, normal, basic human boundaries where they just think at any moment in time they get to swoop in and call the shots and you don't get to say no because that's evil. You know, you don't love mm. them, right? And so people have a very screwed up concept of love. They think that either setting boundaries with their child is not loving or they think that they're loving their kid by um, not allowing them to ever fully develop. Hmm. Is anybody else hearing a woodpecker? Yes, that's, that's, my, that's my house. Okay. Oh, that's why your entire it, house. Why is it your house? Do you have a micro woodpecker? We know you got a micro pecker business. I've, I've got the roosters <laughs> over there. I got the you know twenty cats roaming my house to consume any mice that might be dumb enough. Where's to Where's the noise coming from, TJ? Paul, oh, what is that? It's a Boyd. A Boyd. A bird. Oh, my gosh. A bird. <laughs> it's a it's bird with an East Coast accent. Why is it making noise? <laughs> Shoot it! You have guns. God Almighty! Shoot everything that annoys you think me. after five years of professional, we get the noise. What are we? The Mad Forty Hour? <laughs> oh, see, hear that? Hear that, audience? Now you're not your ears. That's no longer your ears getting raped with an annoying background noise. I think oh, he just should have oh, shot oh, the Both me and the Great One himself have trains running in the background constantly when we do podcasts. The great one has a, a uh, TikTok machine, yeah. uh, which is it's very... Not it's, a TikTok machine. Whatever. It's very soothing. <laughs> the it goddamn bacon plays at a very low pitch, very low volume, classical music. That's also well. <laughs> which is what you had going on of a woodpecker raping some female woodpecker is very annoying. <laughs> <laughs> let's not hope it was that my god man poor woodpeckers oh, so have you guys heard about hungary well wait hang on one what was what was tj's uh point he was making in reference to he made this deep philosophical point now we're going to hungary i didn't know was there well, was there a complaint we're talking about what's going on in the west right now with the whole coronavirus and, and stuff that you've talked about cappy where parents are now stuck home with the kids um we're we're basically shutting down the world uh, economy because it affects older people. Right. And um, the fact that I was saying how if you want to raise kids in a healthy environment, like you want to raise your kids yourself, you're going to have to do that in a very um, secluded manner because 
the especially you got to stay away from the older generation because they will absolutely lose their mind um and they don't they don't why, this, why would they lose their mind because they don't want because, kids to play outside or what they want you to send your kids to the to, to an, a traditional school okay right the, like the idea that you're because as jack was talking about why there's so many immature people are you know in, in my generation it's because um parents don't oh and, I, and then we were making the comment that um i've heard people say even though they're at home they still can't take care of their kids because that's just too much work right yeah right. oh man i've had co-workers going well this was weird though because at the beginning of the week sorry most of the karens were screaming and yelling in our group chat like i can't handle my kids and they're way too much and then at the end of the week they were sending pictures of their kids look at how cute he is and he's behind my laptop and blah 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 and i'm like yeah really so it's it's a changing of habit more i guess than being really confronted with your kids because a lot of our generation and gen x as well and especially the boomers are used to dropping their kids off at daycare but people are now confronted by the fact all worldly fact that kids are not toys your kids are not playthings they are human sentient living beings which i think means the same thing but it doesn't matter and you have to put in effort and you have to put in attention towards them and now they're finally realizing that that a kid isn't just some bundle of bone and blood you can drop off and it grows up and it takes care of you i think with that is we all get this as bachelors but people who've actually held a living being that they helped create in their arms don't get that and this yeah, is where i, I this is where like i'm like trying to psychologically process myself how you can bring a human being a new human life into this world and not realize it's, it is not an extension of yourself i say that as a guy who has no kids and is a bachelor tj let me put it like this the guy a right wing runs- evil republican bachelor who's going to bet for the children i might <laughs> yes let me let me say it like this the guy who runs a company called asshole consulting who hates kids had even had a vasectomy taught me more about raising your damn kids than any other parent well, now I mean, that's I- irony yeah I think the pro or the reason for this is if you have healthy attitudes, you don't fit into the current system because the system is designed for dysfunctional behavior. Oh, TJ, it's because we actually we we hold value to other human life. For the evil right wingers we are, and capitalists, and we hate the poor, and we want them to die. Amazing how much we go to bed for the children here. Yeah. Oh, yes. We, we we hate them all, yet for some odd reason we value other human life. And therefore we know if we can't afford it, don't do it. Again, a lot of people think children are playthings, so they no. just get them. And then it's like, oh, who's going to pay for it? Oh, well, this evil Jeff Bezos character has more money than I do, so I'll let other people grab a gun and take his millions so I can raise the kid instead of wearing a goddamn condom. Or, or keeping my legs together. (gasps) I think that also it requires to, if you want to function in our society and culture, what you need to do is you need to suppress any natural inhibit, like natural um, disgust. Like you have to repress parts of yourself to the point where you don't care about a lot of things that 
you would normally elicit questions and then um you go like the idea of people being afraid of being alone with themselves oh, it's because man. then they start to actually ask they're forced to ask questions that they've long put off and um i i think my this is why i want this current system in in a the most reasonable manner possible to collapse because we're not gonna i'm not gonna be able to live a normal life a hell like a, 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 a uh, well, but the thing is, like, I'm kind of getting tired of watching people who should, frankly, as dark as this sounds, people who need to be allowed, we need to allow nature to take its course. And I'm yes. not talking about, I'm talking about people whose lifestyles are not sustainable, where... I know, I know. I come from a socialist country, remember? I see the fatties <laughs> walking around. I see the people who are 315 pounds smoke a carton of cigarettes a day and we still bail them out we still right. pay for their fucking health care i know what you mean man i know what you mean i've I been like, to corporate like i've to been, i have seen people yeah you, you can let me finish this one then then the boomer can go okay tj's gonna make noise mute yourself tj he's not going to he's not going I'm like having to go to podcast from the bathroom. See, you know, if he was a real pro, he'd he'd tinkle loud enough we could hear it, so we know TJ is a human just like us, and then we'd, as an audience yeah. member, associate with him. But oh, he pees, I pee. We all got so much in common. Oh yeah, you guys like the mug? Yeah, it's what Berlin, Berlin. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I see those guys in my backyard all the time, all the time, oh, all the time. That way. I haven't seen them today, though. Oh. They're in quarantine, I guess. But you, okay. know, you know where this image is from, right? A movie. A movie. You no, know, it's from the, the famous East German kid jumping over the barbed wire. Into okay, like okay, okay. Jack, continue born. on with your point. Yeah, okay. It's just like in corporate where you have to bail out the guy who does nothing and yeah. you have to are cold to the carpet because you didn't kiss ass enough. But yeah. he did, and even though you put in the work, they're not – they're not um god damn it what's the word they're not valuing you by your work but how much ass you kiss they value you for how much lube you bring to the machinery not the machinery pieces you are yourself exactly how, how smoothly do you let the inefficient machine operate that is i think the best way to put how people value an employee it's not what it's not are you part of the team? Are you part of the machine? It's how much lube do you bring? Really? Mm -hmm. That's it. Well, yeah. I think there's also on top of that, there, there's the issue of uh, this is just, this is how it is. They look at a situation and say in a, in a codependent dysfunctional environment, they say, okay, who can we take advantage of and violate boundaries and get them to do all this stuff? Because they, they give out orders and they start um, stacking the hierarchy in the, in an inverted way. The most dysfunctional, um, childish, juvenile, irrational human being gets put at the top. Yep. The hardworking guy who does everything, shows up on time, does everything he's told, puts up with all the crap, he gets put down at the bottom and everything gets dumped on him. And this is how you end up with guys like, uh, you know, go going postal back in the 80s or whatever, where you just take a giant dump on them and they put up with it until they finally just explode. But TJ, it's like you stepped into the real world just this morning. You know it's been like this for a while. No, right? no, I, I know it's been like that. But I mean, if you're a normal man and you notice this stuff, oh yeah, like you're faced with really bad, like uh, difficult choices, 
in order to protect yourself psychologically and mentally, you have to basically um, isolate yourself socially and in career wise from you're not going to be a part of mainstream society and culture if you want to live a normal, healthy mental life. I mean, then there's guys like Happy who have done neither. <laughs> well, well let us tend to the elderly since, well, otherwise he'd uh, suffer from loneliness. We as male- we heard you. We heard you, Cappy, calling us retarded. The mentally <laughs> handicapped, you said. What are you talking about? Why I, I didn't call you guys uh, mentally impaired. <laughs> what well, well, was it? <laughs> oh, the millennials? Yeah, even you guys agree your generation is fucking worthless. Oh, I mean, yeah, come it on. Is. Oh, <laughs> it is. It is. You guys and are talking about are. talking about retreating from society. I'm like, well, yeah. I mean, look, your generation, I would definitely want. I re- I want to retreat from my generation. You guys, absolutely. You guys are the outcasts there. Yeah, I know. I know how we feel. But let us tend toward the elderly. What do you think what? about this? You've lived through it. Like, what are the I'm, I'm, I'm going to point out one. I'm just going to point out one thing. Okay. As you guys alluded to before, this virus is exposing certain things and tragedies. With the really tragedies, like we've we've wasted a generation commuting. Mm-hmm. We've we have we have, and right. it's come at the expense of family and Lord knows what else. How many d- divorces, strokes, heart attack that cause? So there's that. Um, but especially as it comes to children, the irony of us three. Yahoo bachelors who are presumed evil right-wing people keep going to bat for kids because we actually care philosophically and principally more about children than their own parents. But this is what the great and merciful Corona Chan has exposed is how (laughs) we are such a vile, disgusting, evil. I can't think of, I, 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 there's gotta be like a super pejorative because we don't even take care of our own damn children and we use them. It'd be one thing if we just bred and shipped it off. Okay. But we use them for ego gratification. Like, look at my baby, that kind of thing. And um, I've, I've never had a lower opinion of human, uh, human or humanity in my life before, but it shows you who was the grumpiest of grumpy podcasters you ever knew guys. Who was the old man, the curmudgeon who was always the glass is half empty. Who was that? Uh, what's his name again? Is it a boomer who thought he was Gen X? Yeah. Okay. The quarter Jew boomer who thought he was Gen X. That whatever yeah, his that name one. was. Do you know what ends up happening that this Corona Chan virus has proven? What that he, he was, was right. He was right. He wasn't a pessimist. It is that bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, the number of people. It's it's and we're we're talking. This is not. Oh, the ghetto or the trailer park. Hell no. <laughs> this is your McWhitey, McWhite rich people all the way down to the ghetto trash that spit out kids and have several different baby mamas, baby daddies. Parent, we are such a debauched society. We don't even raise our fucking children. And, so, and that could be Republicans or Democrats. Yeah. It's all over. It's all over. And uh, I, I thought... God almighty, please me be negative and pessimist. Nope, I'm accurate. And so now we get to conclude what? If that percentage of the society is debauched and vile and disgusting, what do we have the right to do? To check out. To check out. But where are you going to check out to? Well, I mean, I don't need a philosophical answer. Where are you going to check out to? The internet. Well, no, that's the challenge. (laughs) 
But that, but that is the challenge: is where to check out because okay. back in the day, you can just see Cappy's face go like, "No, give me a one-word answer." I, yeah, <laughs> this isn't this isn't an essay. There's nowhere to go to, and so the only thing you have to do is what you now live in a debauched society. Stop caring. Profit. Thank you, Jack. <laughs> I am now merchant. I am, no, no, no. Stalking, <laughs> stalking, talking like a vengeful god. All right, talking like someone who's been lied to and then just realizes, you know, what was it? You're amongst the Sodom and Gomorrahites. You're like, am yeah. I the only one that's got a principle left? I mean, seriously, think about it. We're the only ones talking about children here, like what's really in their best interest. We're finding out parents will have raised their own fucking children. I don't know about you guys. I hate these motherfuckers. And oh I am going to so fucking, now they are cattle to me. They are fucking cattle. And before I leave this planet, I'm going to take advantage of them in absolutely every way possible. Not only because there's, that's ethically correct. What do you do with such vile, evil people? Well, in theory, you'd kill them, but that's illegal, right? And I don't want to waste my time hunting people down. There's no profit in it, but there is profit in profiting off of them. And, well, and coming to this epiphany about our fellow human beings on this planet, um, unless now I know how to do it. You hmm. profit that much that you can actually start your own hunting them down park. And it's a reference to an old Simpsons episode. I don't know if you remember <laughs> that one. It's an old Halloween special. Oh, no. It's um, his own island. And he lets the inhabitant of Springfield go to the island. Yeah. And then he hunts them down the next morning. <laughs> Very cruel. It's not. It's No, they're, they're not worth my time. These are, these are assets to be taken advantage of. These are assets to be co-opted, coerced. And to to enrich me and make my life easier. Yeah. And beforehand, there used to be some morals or principles, and now you realize, no, there is none. Let's 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 go to town. Hmm. Um, I think the the other thing to keep in mind, and why I'm in sliding more and more towards that mindset, is because if you try to help these people, it's like trying to help a drug addict on the street. They'll hmm. will, will knife you. They don't want your help. They want your money. They want you to enable. Yeah. If you sound like you care, people are going to want you. They're going to be like, oh, so you can help us enable the system further. And you say, no, here's all the problems. You're now um, bu bursting the delusion bubble that they have. And now you are the bad you. guy. You, are, you bad. are taking away their heroin. Right. That's what so, you're doing. So you don't want to be when the system crashes, when people finally start getting desperate, you don't want to be that guy that they perceive to be uh because what they're going to do is they're going to be looking for it's like with any addict they're going to be looking for they're going to get desperate they're going to want their next fix they're going to want to go to somebody who psychologically they read as being an enabler and a codependent and when you don't give them what they want which is an expectation and that expectation is not met and they are desperate people can get violent and we say that, that that's not possible they're like oh that can never happen Guys, when you realize people's core values and the one is they will maintain an illusion to their death and violently so, mm -hmm. you realize that that people are capable of doing anything at this point to maintain the illusion. Right. They will blame the most the most random people possible for for what's going on. The juice? Like, <laughs> you think? No, that doesn't happen.
No, they're gonna blame. I'm just saying, like they'll blame bachelors, right? We're not ha we're not having oh, yeah. kids. We're yeah. checking out the system. Oh, oh like the like the 35 year old women are already doing. Like well, it's your fault, nor you're not financially stable that we can't marry you. Like, well, wait until hmm. well, Jack. Jack, imagine how they're gonna treat the financially stable guy who doesn't want to marry them. That's even worse. Oh yeah. You, that's where I mean. That's where we're gonna when we see. If we see a crash, and I've talked about this with Aaron, and we, we have different views on this, I think, but the marriage bubble, right? This then we're kind of seeing that just deflate just a little bit, where women have been able to put off marriage. Well, what happened? Now they're suddenly reaching out, you know, the Corona, whatever you call them, right? Corona thoughts, right? Where they're starting to have a little bit of dread because now they're stuck at home and they can't get all the attention that they used to have. If this becomes permanent, they're going to need a guy. And also, if they fear for their physical safety, they're going to need a guy actually in their life who's going to be able to do violence to protect them. Well, now suddenly men, ordinary men who have nothing like they're not uh, they're not Chad, uh, you know, Superman, but they are a competent man. He's going to be much more valuable to them. But what happens when he says no? And they don't accept no for an answer and they get hysterical and they start making up. Like, we, they we will see, punch you. I found out. That's no, they'll go get other men as they've always done. They'll go get other men to do violence on their behalf. Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. How did you find out? Uh, many years ago, but this happened twice. Uh, one girl I dumped. Oh uh, yeah. And then she hit me because yeah. I've never dumped her before. There's another gal I dumped who never, and, and if they, you'd be surprised how many women have never been dumped. Um, oh yeah, and the other one started slashing my tires. Now this is pre-virus. This is just you know the nineties. This is just this is just normal behavior. But yeah, if, if you spurn a woman and she's used to having every these, these are exceptionally hot women. Um, one was like a car model for Detroit, and another was just really for good Detroit. <laughs> no, like the the auto model. No, not she wasn't a model for Detroit. She was. You know, she was a Detroit model. She weighed only. She had all of her teeth, <laughs> all of them, all of them. Uh, no, but they, but yeah, they, they don't like it, and they will retaliate just out of you know. How dare you tell me my jeans aren't worth yours? And that's that's oh, visceral. That's the that's worst genetic. thing I had ever happened to me with a girl I dumped was that that was still in high school and. I had my keys in my coat pocket, and we always had to hang our coats uh, at the at the coat rack, things like that. And all of a sudden, my keys were gone. And then the next break I had, she turned up and was like, "Hey, I found your keys." I'm like, "You, you, you didn't, bitch. You took them. I know. Forgot. That was just creepy as hell. Like, I know where your keys are. I know where you live. I will find you." That was the last time I put my keys there, but. Never ever have I had a girl hit me or like cut my tires. That's just sick. But T well, TJ's TJ's point is still people are going to get more and more drastic. That that was when the economy was doing well. Uh, yeah. and, and and TJ is right when when their lives are on the line. I don't think it's going to get that bad. The government will print off all the money in the world, and well, it's not going to happen. Weird. It's going to be but way I'm thinking, worse. I'm thinking more of like, well, think about I'm I'm. We need to think about the whole ha pre-hashtag Me Too. Think about the fact that people were just allowed to say, you just need to believe all women. No matter what they say, you need to believe them. The precedent has already been set where we're living in a, a time when the Salem witch trials 
in our context could occur again, right? Just some hysterical girl makes a completely unprovable accusation and men are killed for it. I mean, that's what we what we could very likely see happen because um, that that's how dysfunctional and psychologically deranged ordinary people are where uh, I know personal stories that I can't get into, but just where people who are everyone knew was mentally ill was making accusations and no one would say anything or point that out because no one wanted like it just fear. Like something was something is wrong with people. And, no shit. Well, yeah, I'm just saying like you think whenever you see someone who's clearly out of their mind getting into power or getting in control, you're wondering how are they able to function because they are surrounded in an environment where their values are the values of the group. They are protected because right. when you go to war with them, you're going to war with the group itself. And people may not be engaging in that behavior themselves, but they are enabling it. They sympathize with it. It's part of their core values. It's like, you know, like conservative baby boomers who, you know, claim to oppose the left, but they embrace all of feminism, right? Everything about, you know, they're buying pink guns for their five-year-old daughters and telling their own daughter to go off and get a master's degree in psychology. And here's to go take out $50,000 in student loans, but we're against feminism, right? Yeah, but so you know what the thing is? Feminism has the one weapon men cannot fight, and that's Punani. Like, what does every man want? Well, Sex. this is, yeah. Well, I mean, other than Aaron. They have weaponized <laughs> women, and then they did it perfectly. And back to the elderly man amongst our mids, he wrote it. He wrote it 10 years ago, how uh, feminism... Uh, ruined the United States. No, what was no, the article how called? Communism killed the American muse. Thank you. That yeah. was it. And it was the perfect example of how feminism... I'm a, br I'm a brilliant fucking philosopher, by the way. Yeah, I'm but where's your scarf? He's I can't see you're an author. I'm, I'm so avant-garde. <laughs> uh, I don't... I got rid of the scarf. Like, there's like... There's like Plato <laughs> and Socrates, right? Those guys, but they're dead. Then there was this guy... He only saw one hand the entire time. His name was Noam Chomsky. And the reason he only gestured with one hand is because he was jerking himself <laughs> off the entire other time. You never see him up, up below here. And then there's me, and I got rid of the 70s gay scarf that Chomsky have. I don't know if he had a gay scarf, but we're just going to go with that. Instead. What is your opinion on Chomsky? I know uh, he, wasn't. he was he he was he was like Christianity. He was jammed down my throat, like my parents jammed Christianity down my throat when I was a kid. And you up Chuck. And when I was in college. They kept jamming him down. I don't know what the. It's like, who is this glass wearing motherfucker? What? So what? Oh, he's really intelligent. And all I heard was, uh, "We deserve other people's money." And yeah. I, and I can't, I can't get excited. It's like the same thing. Oh, reading the Communist Manifesto or Das Kapital. It's like you have to write a book this thick to say I want other people's money. That's all it. And well, I mean, okay, then I'm not insane. Huh? Because I no, because you. because okay. but that's that's the expertise of the academic left is to or, or business schools is to take simple concepts and make them sound amazing and that there's deep thought that that like you actually have classes on critical thinking. Mm. It's like no no, it's a principle. You either follow the truth and you question, you know, you 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 go for empirical data or you don't. That's all critical thinking is. And so when you get a a, a Chomsky or um uh, the communist who doesn't believe his own stuff. I don't believe uh, Paul Sanders. Krugman in, in economics or any one of these, these people who've never worked a real job, by the way, that, mm -hmm. what Paul, 
I don't need a 500 page book. Is your solution again, rich bastards ought to pay? Is that it? Is that just more government money? Just tell me. Okay, that's it. Thank you. I don't need a book this thick on environmentalism. What? We need to tax people more? Just say that. Okay, don't don't go through cross-sectionality or philosophies. Just just tell me you want other people's money. All right. And when you look at it that way, it's it's so like there's a guy, I don't know, um, I was paid to do a review of him. His his name is Vouch or Vouch. Oh, that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The he's, he's on YouTube and he he's a communist. And but he, guy could talk forever. I just want your money. That's that's all you could take all not just his videos, all of the works of communists, all of the works of socialists. I mean, we're talking, you know, probably spread across millions of people, billions of human years, billions of humans' lives, not billions, mm. but millions of humans' lives, billions of human years, uh, certainly billions of dollars invested into these things. All it is, all it is, news, entire newspapers, the history of all of the New York Times could be, give us other people's money. Yeah. That's how basic bitch and simple these people are, is you can be summarized with one word, parasitism. And so I just don't. I don't care it's about ironic how they use capitalistic, um, capitalistic. What's the word again? Tools to spread their own masses message. Like, hey, we hate what made this happen, so we're going to spread our message with it. Like, I mean, uh, if you look at, I don't know. I've I've been reading about the Soviet Union and the Gulag Archipelago, and the the there's this weird. It's a men. It's it's got to be a mental illness where you're yeah. you're you're talking about this glorious. You have people talking about a glorious utopian, uh, classless society, while you're starving people to death in a concentration camp in the middle of Siberia. I mean, biggest case of cognitive dissonance known to man. Yeah. Um. And I think the I think the other. Well, yeah. I I mean, but we the same thing. And this is what scared me about reading the book. The same delusion, like the ability to delude is present today where yeah. people will believe just about anything given the right circumstances. Mm -hmm. And so. Yes, I'm, they will. Yes, they will. <laughs> you know, but, you know, it, the, this is what going back to what Aaron was saying about profiting off of it. I'm just thinking, yeah, because what else are you going to do? Because doing the right thing. Like, what is the right thing to do? He grew another pube. Look at that. <laughs> God, oh, I'm so proud of you, well, TJ. TJ, you know what the thing is? And I've been there. I've been there. I was like, you know what? There have to be people out there who I can still help. There are drowning men who want to be safe. But then came the point, and, uh, well, there is no <laughs> other way. No, seriously. You want the death of that ideal? Try saving your own parents of, of certain death. That's when that that virtue will be like pushed out of you like a zit. Yeah. And then you start seeing it in other human beings, in friends, in co-workers, you name it. Most people are lazy. They are losers. The epitome of losers. You show them the way that the only thing you need to do to not be fat and die at 50 <laughs> is work out one Freaking hour a day, one of 24 hours you have, minus the eight hours of sleep, 16 hours you have left, and don't eat crap. So one hour of exercise and don't eat crap. And you know what they fucking do? Sit on the couch, watch TV. So, why do you hate, why are you fat shaming? <laughs>
Jack. Why are you fat shit? I mean, this is why I was when I, I was hurt me. When, they I was kid, me. When, I, when I was a kid, I would read about how you know the Israelites were brought out of slavery in Egypt and brought across the desert to you know the the, it, the Palestine, this land where there's all this food, and they go in there and they see all the the the, the fruit and how prosperous it is, and they go, we need to go back into slavery in Egypt. <laughs> and I was like reading that, I'm like. How is this possible? Like, what is wrong with these people? And then I got older. I'm like, yeah, it's making a lot of sense. Like, modern American, modern Westerners are just, it's no dip. It's the same dynamic. You bring people to a land flowing with milk and honey, and their logical conclusion is we want to go back to slavery yes. in a foreign land. And yes, so, they do. Yes, they and do. Speaking of which, Cohen the herd guess, of course, what the conclusion was. We need to kill off an entire generation right. before we go into the promised land. Yeah, that yeah, was the conclusion. Like they, we have to be in the desert for forty years until you all die off, and then we can go in. Look, Corona Chan is trying to do it, but well, <laughs> weed is hard to kill. They will fight I, back. <laughs> they will. Fight. I think that's, what, that's the only thing that gives them strength is fighting good change, like trying to fix this. I've seen people who are are lazy. They do nothing. They will they will avoid working. The moment you try to fix something, they will become the most productive, energetic, driven, passionate people you've ever seen. Yep. Like that's the only thing that motivates them. I think to realize the epiphany TJ has um, is you got to go through experience like you did, Jack, where you, you there's a loved one or something you care about or you're just invested in that doesn't you know, like don't walk off the cliff and they walk off the cliff and it's very slow motion, them falling down. They don't know they're <laughs> falling, but you're, you're like, why? And the past five years, more so the past three, I've had uh, those epiphanies. Cause I don't know if I've mentioned it before, but already I was a pretty dark person. And now it's like absolute no. zero. I have, I have absolutely no care anymore, especially. And that was kind of like the last things you think people on your team or the people you care about or the people that I hate to use the word under your influence, but know you uh when you tried oh yeah that these guys yeah the rest of you you idiots out there they're they're, they're normies conformities and fears but my team my group of people my loved ones my mm -hmm. metaphorical and biological family we're different and then when you see these people especially the ones who say the words you've said or subscribe to philosophy when it comes time to put actual actions in the words and then they don't like one guy I've used it as an example. It's probably like the first big boulder that happened was there's a talk show host guy, big conservative guy. He's a co-host, but he's a talk show host. Anyway, sends his daughter to an overpriced liberal arts college. Yeah. And I'm like, and then other things have happened where, and that's the most defeating, depressing thing the where you're like, there is nobody. There is fucking no one worth investing in. And, and that is how bad it is. And the I mean, there's one question I still have, and no. Cappy, just kill that dream, okay? Just take your aim. Don't worry. And kill it. your dream for you, Jack Gladly. <laughs> oh, you. There's a slow, slow effort for you. The only thing I'm wondering is, and I know it sounds very mushy, but don't they love me? Their family. You see them suffer, and the reason why you get pissed off at them is because you see the suffering, and you just want to shake them. You're like, stop doing this to yourself, and stop doing this to me. Don't you realize you are hurting me with this behavior? They, you, you, but 
They That's because you know. still they don't know. You still have a soul, and what you need to do is get to the point of stoicism where you realize you don't control them. Mm-hmm. And they're gonna do it no matter what. And the how can I put it? The real cost is not whether you're going to succeed or fail. That that's the, like failure is not the real cost. The real cost is the care and concern and investment and energy that you put into this decision or this thought or this philosophy or this desire. Mm-hmm. That is what I've found is is very tactical. Like when you when you're a young guy, you go up and you ask girls and you think the the cost is the rejection. She might say no, it might be my hurt feelings, but as you get older, what you realize is what was truly taxing was the process of having hope or trying and trying and trying or a salesman trying to sell, trying to sell. What was taxing is the idea that you might get a sell and then you did not not the actual rejection itself. And that, especially when you're getting older and you don't have the energy or the time, that is the real tax that you pay. That is the real price you pay is when you care about something that you don't control even though you think you could control it or or the uh, opposite party is a sentient logical party who's going to heed reason evidence or or just empiricism and and getting invested in that is like getting all worked up about a soap opera you don't control it's it really it's sad it's a 3d highly interactive even emotionally driven movie that you're in because it's your parents or your brother or your sister or a loved one or a friend and you gotta really view it in a solosyptic manner like this is just one big ass very realistic video game like spike spiegel it's just a dream <laughs> and and you kind of you reach out and there's some there's still some people i mean as, thank god for the internet we wouldn't even have this nowadays if it wasn't for the internet we actually reach mm-hmm. out and meet some real souls but for the most part it could it's just like corona it can infect complete strangers it can infect a friend and it can infect a loved one and this uh non-cognizance this this ability to lie to yourself and live in a world of of want and not reality um that affects everyone and i i don't have to go into details but i have someone who's very closely related to me uh, i've watched this individual just destroy her life um the one you were worthless for no no, no, that one, no, that's, but that's another example. No, that was, that's just a young, well, not so young girl anymore, a young lady. Now, uh, she went off and majored in, she's going to major in stupid shit. But th- that's taxing, you know, because here was like a little kid. Like, I'll give you another example. Everybody knows Lucifer and Geronimo, right? You guys yeah. know about my niece. Okay. Do you know what my expectations are of them once they turn like 12 or 13? That they have the virtues you installed in them. Nope. You're not you're not paying attention, Jack. What are my expectations of them when they turn 12? They hit those tween years. Oh dear God. I'm gonna avoid answering this question. Come on, TJ. You know the answer. Come on, TJ. What's my expectations? None. You have lowered your expectations. I have no I have no expectations because it's not in my I'll do what I no, I'm very proud I got them to understand the concept of behaving. And when you are in public, you're quiet. I think that's just because they want cookies, but I have no <laughs> expectations, none, because I've invested in people before. And and it's like, and and there's just, the environment has so much more money, power, time, influence, FaceTime 
with individuals, especially the schools that, you know, you could take the kid that I dedicated the book for not to major in stupid shit. She goes and major in stupid shit. Why? Well, because frankly, uh, you know, a book and whatever the, the maybe 10 hours cumulative I spent with the kid is completely dwarfed by friends, teachers, media, uh, but years, literally years. Mm. Uh, I, do want, I do want to answer or address the question that Jack, Jack was asking about family and friends about whether they love you or not when they realize that the stuff that they do affects you. I think what happens is people get to a point where if they've repressed something in themselves long enough, they can't see their own hand in front of their face. Mm -hmm. And so they don't know that what they're doing, like there's something, there's something, it's like when, when um, I'm talking to someone and I ask them, um, what would you like to eat? And they say a steak and I say, oh, no, you want pepperoni. Like I've convinced myself in my head you want pe uh, pepperoni pizza with pineapple on it. Yeah. Even though that person has said for years they hate pineapple on pizza. They can't they, – there's something where they've just committed themselves to a, a perception of reality that's so strong it overrides what is actually happening. And so they think that they are loving you even when they're not, and even when it's causing you to basically cut off all contact. And when you do, they're still going to be not understand what's going on. Like that's how I, like I've seen this play out in other people's lives where they, they do everything possible to drive someone away. And then they sit around saying, I don't understand why he doesn't want this person doesn't want to talk to me. And then you say something to them and I've seen it in their eyes. They just, I can watch as they're the mentally pro like filtering out everything I just said. And they're re, they're uh, they're scrambling it. It's like an enigma machine. They're taking the information and they're scrambling the message, and then it goes through their brain so that they don't hear what they just heard. They can't it, comprehend it. They can't comprehend it, and that what's so destructive about that is their sincerity confuses people. It will confuse you because they will be very sincere when they say we care about you, we love you, and all this other mm -hmm. stuff, and yet their actions are saying the opposite. It's like someone who's got a happy look, a smile on their face, a lot of like, a joyful face as they're doing something really disturbing or like violent, right? Uh, Ted Bundy kind of. Uh. Well, I'm saying, but I'm saying like, you know, where somebody's say, like, for example, uh, a parent is talking to a 10 year old child and they're saying something that's really horrible to them, but they're saying it in a loving way. So the child is learning to associate a very horrible um, uh, negative perception of themselves they're associating that with a, an affectionate tone and demeanor. Oh, yeah. that's, the, that's the psychological disconnect that occurs. And because that's done in that way, most people who are witnessing it are going to assume that they misheard it or they don't really understand what's going on. They're looking at the rest of the body language. They're not looking at the actual content because we look at things more from a feminine perspective than a masculine where men look at what's actually said, the information. Others are looking at the, the medium or the context. Did he really say to major in chemical engineering? But he has body language said to major in sociology. Ah, I see. Yeah. That, as irrational as that sounds, that's what people will do. They will. I know. I know. That's what's kind of like, I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised that I've had people say stuff that's more insane. I, that's another thing where you, you will get thrown off as a sane person. You hear people say things that, the logical conclusion is you need to be locked up in a mental asylum like right now. You're you are dangerous to yourself and others um, because you have you have delusional uh, visions, and then you go around and because they are sincere about it, 
people will assume that they're not lying. Oh, yeah. I, oh, man, I used to love that argument. Ben Shapiro used to make that argument. Like, men are men and women are women. My grandfather used to think the radio talked to him. Now we put him in an institution. Now, if we were to say to him, yes, granddad, the radio is talking to you, what do you think would have helped him better? Us admitting that the radio wasn't talking to him or us keeping him in the dream that the radio was talking to him? And that's yeah. how we always... That's how we always broke the argument of transgenderism. But it used to, I think that was a great example of certain things that are happening now. Yeah. Like two plus two really is becoming five. Right. And so I think for men, and, and the, the reason why men have a hard time is because I think they're not told up front what it's going to cost them. No, to... no, 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 no. Men like us. Don't compare me to the rest out there. Okay, okay. okay I mean, so for a lot that's of... a huge difference. That is well, increasingly I, so. I would say for any man who's like, who'd be asking me for help. I'd just say, okay, this is what it's probably going to cost you in the end. If you're not willing to do that, then don't just don't waste my time. And also, you know, like Cappy's doing his consulting gig, it's forcing people to put their money where their mouth is. Right. Um, as far as help. I think that that honestly, if, if you're going to go into help, helping people, uh, just keep charging lots of money. Mm -hmm. Keep Okay. All right, I will. <laughs> TJ's business consulting services. If you're charging a lot of money, keep doing it. Except, Captain, you don't charge a lot of money, and I keep telling you, you need to ramp up the rates. I, I, I've, I've jacked it up. I, I I've never looked money. into asshole consulting, by the way. How much do you ask? I ask, it's a hundred. I don't ask, I get it. It's a hundred dollars an hour. But since I can be a dick, I have to be beating around the bush. It's like 15, 20 minutes. So the average bill is like 30, 35 bucks. Huh, that's yeah. not that much. Well, I yeah, thought... but you know, yeah, it's it's dirt cheap. It's dirt cheap. It's like if, if you know, all the billions of weight loss props. Most, most of the consulting video requests are just to see you get belligerently angry online. <laughs> I, I charge extra for, for blood pressure too, but yeah, I, it's I mean, I've, I've had him on five times. My subscriber count hasn't risen. You know, I should have get him angry more. I don't even like him. I just have him on because he's angry. <laughs> Look at the caged monkey. Oh, do your dance. Dance, monkey, dance. dance. Make it rain, subscribe. Here's the GDP. Monkey. Here's the GDP. They printed more money. Get angry. But, but let's also just uh, – here's the challenge for men just who are deciding they want to do this. They got to basically – one, they don't know what they don't know. They don't know. They know what's wrong, but they don't know what right looks like. They know that the, the way that things are isn't the way it should be, but they don't know what how things are supposed to be right. And once you walk away from what you've been raised or with the environment, the like the whole basis for your perception of reality, you got to essentially more or less rebuild and re-examine everything mm -hmm. down to the tiny details of like what did you think was normal that you were raised to believe was normal, but it's actually dysfunctional, and you got to fix that stuff and you know, for most men who've already got a wife and kids, they're like they don't they don't even think about that stuff. They don't have they, they don't, don't have the time. They don't oh, have the time to do it. And so this is the advantage of not. Uh, this is the one silver lining for the millennial men where the women have been delaying marriage. It's given men like myself and Jack the time to actually figure this stuff out and and not. I think that that's half the reason that a lot of men like married men. I just don't even waste my time talking to most of them because they're not 
they're 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 plugged in. It's like they just they're also vested in a completely different dynamic. Right. They're totally vested in a completely different dynamic. And so um and they're not gonna listen to a bachelor about that kind of stuff. Oh man, they they will not. They refuse to do it. I've had I've been on birthday parties where I just mentioned the story about a girl I was dating and it was funny and you people would laugh because you know how sex works because <laughs> in the, with more than well, one person. Well, you and I, I know how sex works. But we, <laughs> yeah, don't know okay. we have pubes. TJ, he got his second one. He just got his second yeah, one. Just, uh, well, let's celebrate. We'll, we'll have a bar mitzvah soon. I'll come to We'll have stage. a pube release party. <laughs> but okay. But, We're kind of weird guy, Aaron. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But okay, the guy who just had a relationship for the first time in however year, many years started shaming me immediately. Like, that's why you're single. I'm like, I have five chicks sending me nudes on command. What do you mean I'm single? Fuck okay. off. But they you, just, yeah. they you can't reason with, well, they, no, yeah, you, they yeah. have their standard of living. You need one hag who's 20 pounds overweight, who tells you what to do for you to be happy. Man, a friend of mine told me, about a guy he knows who is married to a vegetarian. And as you know, a human body needs protein, things like that. <laughs> she refused to cut the meat of her child because she was a vegetarian and they're my principles. How about you shove your principles up your ass for a kid who can't cut her own dinner? You are a parent. You do that. You do not care right. about virtues at all. <clears throat> But uh, no, I, veganism and vegetarianism way exceeds children. Right. Now I know what you mean about the blood pressure. Yes, yeah, just try not to let it bother you. I think, well, the only thing that bothers me is like trying to just navigate, like what, if you're not part of the system, if you're alone, but it's not, that's not, it's not a, um, it's a very um, idiosyncratic way of life where you have to really, customize everything you do because for most people the advantage is they can rely on the system to back them up and support them whereas we really don't have that we've got to rely on ourselves and we uh, when we screw up no one's going to enable our behavior whereas if you're part of the system and you are your unsustainable lifestyle crumbles other people will bail you out either directly or indirectly so we've got to just like the, the things that I want to do in life, I can't talk about with anybody. You know, I can talk about it with you guys, but no, nobody I know because they will argue about the premise itself. Like, why would you want to do that? Why would you, you know, not want to do this? It, it, you know, like the whether it's your work, your career um, path, or whether it's um, where you want to live, the the kind of things that you want to do with your life, they they don't understand, and they not only would they not understand. They won't accept that it's what you want to do. And this is why my default emotion is now disappointment. Because there's so, that's the I'm, only thing like you can do. Like, I'm more like Aaron's um, perception of the <laughs> Can you see him world. laughing? He's, he's just sitting there like, ah, <laughs> oh, the youngster. Uh, uh, it's like, welcome to the party, pal. You know, I've been doing <laughs> the terrorists this entire time. Now you're finally here. I'm thinking of it more like the Prussian military commander who's like, okay, we got this many tanks, we've got this many troops, and this is the opposition. We are not going to be able to hit them directly. We got to do a flanking maneuver. And this is like the question is, how do we pull it off? And so my questions or my challenges at this point are more 
um, logistical and practical than philosophical. TK, let me ask it like this. What are you worried about that is going to happen if we do nothing? My worry is that people are going to, at least for me, people are going to see uh, anyone who's got their act together as either a threat to their ego or as a um, someone that they can potentially use to enable their behavior further when things get desperate, right? So if you're if you're a have in a world of have-nots, that's not a good place to be, right? Because that's where things get taken. And so, and also, I'd prefer to live more in an environment where maybe people aren't perfect, but they're not dysfunctional as like the stuff. There's stuff I don't even want to talk about on on a public video that I could discuss in private. Like the stuff I've seen. Send um, it to me. I love I love seeing. No, 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 no. This is stuff I personally witnessed. Right. You feel like sadist. Yeah, Cappy's such a sadist. No, I, oh. it it feeds me. It makes me more invigorated to go and operate <laughs> Operation Evil. Night, right? it keeps me warm at night. Right. I want a place on that Operation Evil Money Island. I just want my little small. Go make your own damn Operation Evil Money Island. He's just talking about parasitism here. Hey, could I join you at the Operation Evil Club? I'll pay you. I'll pay you rent. (laughs) We just need a guy with an island. I'll pay you rent, man. (laughs) I'm sure as I get into it further, I'll have some uses for you. And then we can, but we're already working on a project. So don't mention that one, but yeah. Operation Evil. But, oh, it's anyway, guys, I got to get going. So I got to go and drop off a mail. I got to mail a, yeah. a book for Vince Barrick. To a ID, person you got to call the girlfriend and tell her he's still alive. No, no, no. She's in the next room, by the way. <laughs> yes, yes. It's, it's, uh, it's work from home and Corona Chan and all that. Yeah, well, stuff, best but... wishes to Mrs. Clary. Thanks yep. for being on. <laughs> yep, we'll I will see you guys later. Totally. Yeah. But you're not wrong, TJ, with the whole... Being a have in a world of have-nots could be dangerous, but it's already happening. I don't know. Have you ever worked in corporate or anything like it? I've worked in a lot of environments where I was – I've been the workhorse, and you – do you ever read the the book Animal Farm? Yes. Yes, I have. You remember Boxer, right? Yeah, the horse, that one. Yeah. So what what was Boxer's two famous uh, mottos? Oh God! Uh, yeah, yeah too. I, one was, I must work harder, and Napoleon is always right. Yeah, like, that is really what will happen to a man who doesn't get out of the corporate environment, who's who's functional, because that's the only way you can process uh, or or come to cope with what you're, you're dealing with, where the people above you are a bunch of incompetent buffoons. And you're saying, I just need to work. Every time you see something go wrong, you're just saying, I have to work harder because these people are always right. Because if they're wrong, then you've got to oppose them. If you oppose them, you're eventually going to get pushed out. I mean, so much of life is easy to understand if you just um, figure out what the fundamentals of of people's values are. Like fundamentally, if it came down to it, what will they do? So if most people fundamentally will not oppose their bosses under any circumstances and they will submit themselves to any form of degradation, you know where things are going to go. You know what moves they're going to make. And this is how I've, I've concluded what I've made about the world is that 
people's values will their true values not what they claim to believe their actual values will take them down a very dark path that you don't want to be at the business end of because you know i mean the red pill is a blessing and a curse yeah all at the same time I mean, I've had my moments, man, where I was just like, you know what? I'm going to buy a bottle of scotch and a carton of Marlboro Lights. I'm going to sit on the beach and let's just see what happens the next morning, if there's going to be one. And not in the dramatic sense, but more like, yeah. you know what? I've been thinking about this way too hard. But the thing is, as soon as you start shifting that mindset from maybe it really isn't me, a whole new world opens up. Right. Because then you start realizing like, Hey, you know what? I wasn't wrong. It really is them who are fucking up. Like right. the whole, again, with the whole boomer generation, they haven't invested in their retirement. They are depending on social security. Now the whole economy is down worldwide. So this is why I can speak in a general sense, because what's happening in the States is happening in the Netherlands as well. And we're going to have a press conference in about two hours about what the future uh, measurements are going to be however it has its consequences now you and i are smart enough or at least were lucky enough to find the works of the elderly gentleman we just had on rolo tomasi you name it right that we could actually prepare for times like this but the majority hasn't yet the majority has been brainwashed or at least been educated in such a way that we are the enemy because we actually as we say in Dutch, which means we had our things in line. We took care of our shit. We have our shit together. Right. And they can't have that because that would mean that you don't need the government. That would mean that you don't need a certain institution to get where you need to go. That would right. mean that you as an individual could get there and the collective can't have that because the collective stands above everything. Now, the other thing I would add about the boomer generation, and this isn't so much a blame, but more of just the, they're just easy to pick on. Well, it, here's what's happened. It, it, at least in the United States um, is they've really back, say 60 years ago, if you wanted to retire, um, in a lot of companies, you had private pensions, so you would just get it. You would you would retire. You would work at the, at the same job for years, then you would retire on a private pension, or you would put your savings into a, a CD, which would comp, you know compound interest, and then you would retire and you would spend. You could live off the interest of a CD. Mm -hmm. The problem is, is back then the interest rates were twice, if not more, than what they are now. And I mean, and if people want to understand the significance of that, well, look at how much the economy will tank if they raise it by 1% interest and look at how much they went from like a three or 4% interest to almost zero right now with, with, uh, interest rates. So what that's done is now in, in my area, or at least in, in the United States, you have all these different retirement plans that are designed to navigate the uh, complete destruction of the financial system mm -hmm. where you can't, you, you will make, you will lose money. If you just leave it in the bank, you have to invest it somewhere. You have to play the stock market roller coaster. And so 
you know, you've got guys doing um, IRA Roths, which is where you you don't pay taxes on it um, uh, when you withdraw that money. Then you've got 401ks where you pay taxes after you withdraw the, the investment. Then you've got um, mutual funds. You've got, you know, investing in stocks and all this other stuff. And so this is really and on top of that, the cost of a lot of things has skyrocketed. I mean, the cost of a, of a home back in the 50s was almost negative yes you had to have some money saved up but it was easy to save money because you would get interest off that money you did don't you see, did you see that little um that little graph that made a comparison to what hundred yeah. dollars was worth in 1913 yeah. and what it's worth now yeah that was just sad and and my area in the pacific northwest has really been hit with the business end of the uh the housing stuff because um that's where all the growth is occurring i don't want to say prosperity because when costs go up with with uh wages that's not prosperity that's just uh, that's one thing that that people have a hard time measuring is like when you get paid another 10 grand and the cost for everything you need go up by 10 grand you haven't made any more money just the the numbers have changed yep. so you know it'll be interesting to see what happens because um i'm reading one guy who's saying that if the debt gets canceled we're going to have a deflation period where the value of money is going to go up and that'll be it'll be interesting to see what happens with that but you didn't have to deal with any of this stuff if you were you know back in the back i'm not saying the 50s i just say that because it's just a, a colloquial term to just describe uh former days but the, the you know they say oh young whippersnappers now they uh they 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 just want everything handed to them at the beginning well that is true there's a lot of millennials who are entitled but at the same time they were denied entry-level jobs throughout their entire lives because those jobs were given to migrant workers who are then living off welfare to help subsidize the money that they're not making um, that's what happened in europe as well you know what happened as you know what happened too we had college graduates who could apply for an entry-level job because the job they actually like went to college yeah. for demanded five years work yeah. experience yeah entry level it, was, job. it was job inflation college yeah. inflation this is why and if i still had facebook i could look it up but i deleted it all but i remember very well that it used to be that the netherlands had free education as in tax paid education but then the government was like yeah you know what kids we can't sustain this and you need to be more uh how do i put this you need to be more well educated on your decision on what you want to major in now right what happened as students tend to do they all went out and protest like yeah we want our free education but protesting gets you it's protesting nowhere gets you nowhere it's not an argument but i remember saying as a how old was i i don't know maybe 18 19 and i was i even made an entire facebook post this long because i thought i was important for some reason <laughs> But I said in there, like, guys, college is not free. And inflation matters as well. What will happen when you lower the bar of entry? Then 
the diploma will lose its value because you are flooding the market with graduates. And guess what happened? We have thousands, if not, yeah, okay, thousands, not millions, thousands of psychology majors. You know what most of them do these days? Work in either factories or some other menial desk job. But they're not psychologists. They're not professors. Right. They all have entry-level jobs. But they're like, they're thousands in debt. This is what happens when you make education accessible to everyone. And I know that sounds harsh. And I know that sounds cold. But it's the sheer fact of economics. Uh, yeah. That is being applied to education. You cannot have it all. It, it's funny that people sometimes I used to get – some of us would get accused of wanting to go back to the 50s. And my joke was, yeah, uh, the 1150s. I mean going back to it – because if you read about – it's I, I've been reading some books about the medieval period. And yes, before I know there's, there's going to be some modern uh, – what do they call it? Someone who just loves uh, modern technology. They think it's, it's made like – I don't know what they're called, but they're the opposite of elude it. Yeah, okay, I get it. I got I got you. Like it's lifted us out of poverty. We have a lot of luxuries. Okay. So riddle me this, Batman. How come we, despite not having to worry about starvation, pestilence, and aside, like we have half of our economy, the economy shut down and we're not starving to death, right? How come yeah. we work more hours for jobs that are not essential than the average European peasant? The average European peasant during the medieval period had more days off due to holidays, feasts, festivals. That a huge chunk of their year, what they were not allowed to work for religious or whatever reasons. They had those days off. I understand that their labor was very intense. I understand that there was a lot of hard work. I understand that they often faced bad harvests and that brought with it all of its problems. But my point is that if they didn't have to work, what's our excuse like what we have no excuse for working a 40-hour work week we have no excuse for working all these these insane hours that we do for jobs that are not critical for our survival as human beings so you're right about the survival part they are not necessarily uh needed for our survival they are needed for our let me let me say this right entitlement and what I mean by that, the only comparison I have, but I think you'll know what I mean when I say this. I used to work at customer service for a post order company. Right. And this post order company is not yet, but is on the verge of 24 7 customer service. Right. Why? Because people want it, because people feel entitled to it. That's why a lot of manual jobs are now demanding that you work them for these hours because people in general become entitled to service 24 7. Right. i think it has to do with that I more think than any other thing we create yeah chesty says it right we crave stuff and are envious of others people suck for the most part well because we crave stuff and because we are envious of others we want access to stuff as much as possible, I think. I, that's a good explanation. That is actually probably the best chest. Uh, good. That's really great observation. Because, um, and I think my point is, um, what I'm getting at a little bit is that what people think is progress 
or we, we have this perception, I think, since um, probably the, the 1800s and, and onward that, you know, the medieval times were these dark periods and nothing good happened yet. We literature, philosophy, medicine, history, uh, the, their architecture. Um, anybody going to go visit a modern postmodern building that we're building today? No one's going to marvel at the uh, the boxes they're building for apartments now yet. Look at any Tudor style house that's that was mm -hmm. still existence in England. Um, Matt, really I can I can show you the um, ancient castle we have in my village. That's so cool. No, and you know what they did? They built a new city hall with modern architecture. It just poisons the view. If I can find a picture, I'll send it to you. It is yeah. disastrous. It's a love. It really is a beautiful castle. But when you see it from the angle where they built that disastrous city yeah. hall, you will just puke. But let me let me see. It was going back to the original point I was making is that um, so much of what's wrong with society today is because we've um, written off or rejected the values of the last thousand years. Yes. Um, did you ever watch um, uh, uh, Justice League Unlimited, the last season of that? The, the cartoon? Anime? Yeah, the cartoon. No, not yet. Okay, okay. There's this great it's – a, it's a kind of a – it's really cheesy episode, but I thought it was kind of cool where um, there's this army general who's fighting um, a knight from, who's from Arthur's uh, uh, round table, right? He's a knight who's been transported in time. He's one of the, the DC comic heroes, whatever. Mm -hmm. And they're having this discussion while they're in the middle of a fight, and the knight, uh, the army guy says something, and, and the the uh, the knight says, "That's it, isn't it? It's the moral stench of decay from the last thousand years." So he's like making this more. Like I kind of enjoy when guys from older times, like Captain America, are passing moral judgment on the on the future, on the present. Right? They're saying you guys strayed from stuff that was being done right. I'm not, not saying that they were, I'm not trying to whitewash the past. There was a lot of screwed up stuff back then and their values in some ways were a little weird, but contextually probably made sense. But I'm saying that we, we, we have, there's no way of overstating this. They threw out all the babies with a very little bathwater, like trying to fix problems. They just, it's like going through a field and trying to get rid of the weeds and you just destroy the whole crop. Right. And then calling that progress. That's not. So the problem is people think that I see a lot of people who are like they, they want things to go back to the way things were in the 90s or in the 80s. Or maybe even if they're radical enough, they want to go back to the 50s, um, except all those time periods have the same fundamental problems. And so you're just it's like wanting to get rid of 95 percent of a cancer but you want to leave a few cells around. It's like, no, there's got to kind of be, this is why I call, I'm calling it the great reset, like where things get so uh, uh, cl they collapse, not in a like absolute sense, but where people are either able to like us um, actually get rid of these things in our own lives. Like we can actually build community. I don't know what a community would look like in the future, but where you can actually start having environments where normal natural values are the default value of that space and maybe it's not a very big space and, and the problem is like 
you start talking about that stuff and then people are like, okay, so when are you going to start busting out the Kool-Aid, right? Yeah. <laughs> when are you going to build, you know, your new Jonestown? It's like, no, I'm thinking more of where, I don't know. Or maybe people are just so psychologically screwed up. It's, it's going to take a generation of rebels, like where they're doing that because they're rejecting postmodern values. Do you know. remember the scene? Uh, Indiana Jones, and I think it is the, the Last Crusade. I think it's that one, where Indy uh, steps on, um, what's it called again? He's on the verge of stepping into the abyss. But oh, he's about to take the platform. Hmm? He's about to take the leap of faith. Yes. Yeah. That is the biggest fear most people have, I yeah. think. Again, what I mentioned before, a couple of minutes ago, it only takes one hour a day, one hour a day, to actually get somewhere physically, mentally, and considering health-wise. Yet, they I'm don't dare. Yeah, that's it. They don't. I'll, I'll shoot a picture of the angle uh, maybe later today. But they don't dare to take the leap of faith towards a better life because it's not that hard it's not that hard you know it's only it's, one hour per day and you'll you get know, all of the excuses from I, that. I do actually think it's harder than it's in a literal sense it's not hard what's hard is it's a psychology because yeah. imagine if you're a guy who's this is just the this is reality if you're a guy who's not in good shape people find that comforting because then they can compare themselves to you but if yes. you get in shape now suddenly they can't compare themselves to you in a way that enables their own behavior have you seen the invention of lying that film uh no i haven't okay there's a brilliant scene in there people are not able to lie so <laughs> He comes in at the office and somebody's being a dick to him. And he tells him straight out, I don't like you. I think you have a pudgy face, but somehow you intimidate me. So I'm not acting nice towards you so I can mask my insecurity. <laughs> and that's it. I have had coworkers giving me shit for the weirdest things. Yeah. All the while, I was physically in a better shape mentally in a better state of mind and well financially pff, these days i'm not even trying anymore i'm like oh i just know i'm better than you but the only okay rich cooper hatred comes from below and it's true and what you just mentioned before i think you're experiencing it right now that indeed you and i are haves the majority are haves not so we will become the target once you stick your head above the crowd, people will try and cut it off. Because right. you and I are a reflection of what could have been. And I mean, you especially, man, you could be the strongest guy out here. I've seen what you squat. That's just terrifying. Holy hell. I'm, you know, I, so. 405 for people who are wondering. TJ can squat 405. Is okay. That, that's for reps, by the way. For the record, I I squatted 405 years ago. I had to stop um, because of back problems. I've now discovered I have multiple cases of tendonitis that I'm dealing with. And then 
I might get back into squatting um, in a uh, in a mild sense. I'm probably just as strong as I am then, but I'm looking more as, at my at this point. I'm looking more towards um, uh, practical um, utilitarian type lifting where, for example, I'll grab dumbbells and then carry them around. Um, oh, like farmer's walks are great. Yeah, farmer's walks are great because I've had where I pick up a hundred pound um, uh, weight and I'll lift it above my head and then walk around the room for as long as possible because I've had to lift things above my head that what weigh- What your PR with the shoulder press? Shoulder press, I never did very well. I think it was 175, 180, but that was because I, that was, I've had this, this um, tendonitis. It was okay. Um, it's probably going to be a lot better now that my lower back, because my lower back would tighten up mm-hmm. and so it would restrict my movements up up here. Um, and so that this is why stretching, but also dealing with um, any kind of tight muscles or tendonitis, deal with it at the time. Because if you don't, it will screw up so much much of your body. My biggest thing now isn't so much how much I can squat. It's um, my ability to just hike for a long time with a lot of weight on my back without, um, you know, getting sore or anything like that. Because who knows what will happen where I've got to just bug out and, and go somewhere. I mean, it's not – this is the thing that I, I've ex- tried to explain to people and they don't listen. So I just stopped talking to them about it. I don't plan for stuff I want to have happen. I mentally prepare for things that I think are are possible so that when they happen like this, I am acting and responding rather than reacting. Re- reaction, like most people are like, they're when they aren't mentally prepared for something, they have to emotionally process the fact that it's happening first. Whereas guys like me, if there's like a, a complete... Uh, meltdown of civil order like emotionally i've already i've already prepared for that so it's like okay what do i need to do to protect myself like what what's i start assessing the situation do i need to stay in my house do i need to go to a bug out location that i've already planned out on my my map like all this other stuff where you set plans in motion and then you just follow the steps it's improvise adapt overcome yeah exactly exactly and i think that that's the sign of a quote-unquote real man. Can he uh, adjust to the current situation? Like, can he just look at it for what it is and act accordingly? And then not say sheepishly or whatever, but more like, okay, what are the direct um, actions I can take so I can get the most benefit out of this? Right, right. Well, first of all, would be not to panic. That's what? one most people will look to someone else to fix the problem i mean they people have a this is another conclusion i've made people have an absolute undying faith in uh the government like government is a god it is it will always be there it will never leave them it will never forsake them and then when it does they will not know what to do i mean this is what the moment the moment our our civil order breaks down we are going to go back to a tribal hierarchy where it's going to be the alpha with you know his 20 women and then there's going to be the men beneath him with maybe one but that's what's going to end up happening is it's going to be um polygamy in most cases because this is what you when you look in kind of ancient tribes uh or like biblical times that's kind of that's how it worked because you you 
you civilization is what made the the previous order marriage 1.0 possible well now we're in a postmodern in in uh society where unnatural behavior is enabled by a an authoritarian all-reaching state that will come to you wherever you are to enforce its implicit values of egalitarianism right so this is how yeah. there's so many girls who don't need they don't need no man because the services that a man would have normally provided um, in in the world, they have a they have a, a government man to do it. A man, a, a man that they did not have to marry will come and kill someone trying to harm them. Yeah, or not harm them, as the case may be. Mm -hmm. Well, the best thing about that is is that as most guys who still dare to white knight are total wimps, so you don't need to worry about that. I mean. I, I, I hear what you're saying, like guys defending women and will try to hurt you. Most of these guys can't hurt you, TJ. Don't worry about that. Like most guys, you'd say, okay, yes, most men are brainwashed, but most men are lazy, tiny, scrawny right. humans. I mean, I wouldn't even call them men. And even though if you're really worried about that, why not learn martial arts? I mean, I've got kickboxing in an hour. Well, I I think the thing is, is that there's different fighting styles for different environments. I was reading one military historian who was talking about how um, in ancient times, uh, th like this whole perception of like the the warrior, the lone warrior, like these 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 uh, mono a mono battles really didn't happen for the most part. What what um, the strength of a soldier was their ability to um, work together as a team. Like look at any kind of famous military force, like the the Greek phalanx, the Roman centurions. They acted as a group um, against another group, and their ability to maintain the perimeter and their shield walls or the, the the phalanx was the source of their strength. So, like the movie Three Hundred, really was inaccurate in that sense. That the, so, I, I'm guessing. I guess what I'm saying is, in a in a post-government environment, it's really going to be whoever has the most. Like, if you've got forty men, they could all be. Um, soy boys but if they're deranged and they don't care if they live and die and you are a man with a ak and you've got 30 rounds you you've got 30 of them at the most will go down and the other 10 will be on you and that's what makes people it doesn't make them brave it just make when people get desperate and they don't care if they live and die that's what makes them dangerous the um, most dangerous man to fight is a is a man who's got nothing to lose or doesn't care if they're dead yeah, I mean that's why Rambo works. I mean Rambo won. Rambo didn't have nothing to lose. He didn't well, care. Rambo also fought in an environment and ground of his choosing where he was at um, advantage. A, he yeah, a, an advantage. And so um, I think that that's the advantage. Now the advantage we have, from what I understand of you and myself, we live in rural areas, and so not in the cities where that's where a lot of that kind of stuff is going to go on people in rural areas are used to having to prepare for just stuff the not in the round right they just they go to the grocery store once every couple months they load up on stuff and then they they go back to their homes we've got some city folk who live i, I hate using that word because i'm from suburbia but we've got city folk who live in the main town um but uh you know, they're not, they don't also just sit around and wait for someone to come rescue them as well. 
Um, so I'm not terribly worried about that. I'm more worried about guys who are the um, the future gangs and that they are resourceful. Like they're they they they're the guys with guns and they don't have a moral compass. So they're just going to go steal stuff. Okay. Right? One question: the guys we see out there, the average, right? Aren't they the liberal gun opposing trash heaps? I don't see them getting a gun anytime soon. No, I'm thinking more. Ending. I'm thinking more of the apolitical types. They're more of the. Um, I have guns because I because they're power, and in a non-civil situation, they will have no problem just stealing stuff from other people. Yeah, but aren't those the guys who are on our side? They're on our side in the sense that they don't want people taking their guns. But I mean, in at least in my area, people are like what people consider to be right wingers. A lot of them are very they're psychologically deranged. They're they're not, I'm not saying all of them. I'm saying if you want to live out in the middle of nowhere and you don't want to talk to anybody, you either are hyper logical and rational or you're out of your mind. Mm. And I think that for the most part, it's you're out of your mind because um, a lot of people come to our area because we're still, in a sense, the frontier, right? Mm -hmm. They come to get away from problems that they've brought with them, like psychologically. They've brought, they're bringing baggage with them, and their response to that is to go live in, in the middle of nowhere. And um, also, there's just a lot of apocalyptic narratives um, of one stripe or another. You do not want to be around people. This is another thing, advice for men who are listening. You do not want to be around anyone who has an apocalyptic narrative as part of their, their life. Like they they believe either something really bad is going to happen or things are never going to get better. If they believe that, if they think things are only going to get worse, because it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. They're like, I'm not going to try to make things better in my own life, and I don't want anyone else around me to do so because – my narrative is things are only going to get worse. Our oh, life. Yeah. yeah. And I don't subscribe to that. I, I don't know what the future is going to look like, but I have a hope. And that's the other thing. They abandon hope. They abandon hope that things, I'm not talking about the current system getting better. I'm talking about an environment where we have the ability to actually create a space, a physical space for people like ourselves. That's my hope. Now that may not happen. No. Um, I mean, but I don't know. I like there may be a day when guys like us are actually able to have um, some sort of uh, authority or power in I, like I don't know, but people say it's not possible. Well, you know what? How many of those people thought the USSR was going to fall apart in 91? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. No, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. But even that is a very. And it's it's not a personal attack. Absolutely not. But even that is a very self centered thing to think. Like, we have we have become so um, evolved in our thinking that we know the way to live. But remember very well that even our perception of the world is our perception. Now, I won't go into the my truth thing because two plus two is still four. <laughs> but I think our strength mostly relies in the fact that the, we, you and I, have no certain need to... Uh, to 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 um, to have the, the this power over others. Like I can care less what my neighbors do. Like for me, no, I, I, 
I have it for the at the straight end. I don't even I I don't want to um excess what's the word again where you blah 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 your power over somebody else. You you have no desire to rule over you don't have libido dominomdi, which is Latin for the lust for power or to dominate. Yeah. We don't have that, but I mean it comes down to to me the choice may come down to one of um absolutes of do you want to be ruled or to rule other other people yeah. and if those are your only two choices which one are you going to I pick rather rule. right and so it's it's i've i'm coming to the conclusion that right now the choice is to withdraw because exercise my power yeah. thanks but there may come a time when the only way to really interact with people is to i'm not saying i enjoy saying this but really when everyone else around you is unfit to rule themselves or even take care of themselves and but they want to control you and the only way to survive in any kind of meaningful sense is to rule over them and i'm not saying like i have like i'm not saying that it'll ever happen i'm saying and i'm not talking about individually i'm saying like it, if you want let's say you move to an area uh, to be left alone and people come there and like they won't leave and they won't leave you alone, what do you do? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. So the situation you're describing will become, even though you don't want to exercise your power, you will have to exercise your and, power. Otherwise, they will do it over you. And they and here's the this is the crazy psychology of this. People are more comfortable with you controlling them and putting the boot on their face than they are you being left alone somewhere else. Like people have this weird, perverse, oh, they man. have a desire to be dominated and to submit and that's what their actions say with their words they want to be in control but what they really want deep down is for a boot to be shoved in their face well and it's dominate they, be dominate and that's the same right. thing uh, i mean in corporate i always have the attitude of i come here for my work you want my results and nothing else yet there will always be some co-workers who poke you with a stick and you're like, right. why are you doing that? I just want to come here, do my work, and be left alone. They won't let you. And I always thought it was boredom. Or they, they want you to control. I want you to control them. They want you to, um, like it's weird. It, it's I struggle with this because I'm very direct in how I communicate what I want with people for the most part, and yet people will do the opposite of what they want. They will provoke someone who's a tent who they want to have around and if they want you to oppress them they will do things to get you angry enough to where you'll do that and instead of because what they're not going to do is say i want you to shove a boot in my face right? <laughs> i mean if you do that if you are that direct and you're communicating your desire to be uh, submissive in that way there's bdsm you know vince and rob can help you out with that uh, i mean there's like there's two different ways of just of of conveying and expressing your desire to be dominated. One is to get into BDSM or or these the SMD whatever they are submission domination whatever. I don't know anything about that stuff. Or you can take it out passive aggressively in our culture, where you, um, I mean, there's so many people who are screaming about their fear of being oppressed by bad orange man, and yet they would love nothing more than to have him put them in camps like that's just it's like i this is this is where i was like is it really that bad yes a lot of these people want to be oppressed they want to be and the hysteria isn't them 
expressing a genuine fear. It's them expressing a genuine desire because they have this. It's just I don't know. I I I couldn't explain it to you. But when you finally realize it, it's like. Okay, but then the problem is when you try to act on that desire with someone, you'll have people come in to stop you because they're misinterpreting what's going on. And so that's where the function comes in. I mean, you know, imagine if nowadays you're a man, you're married, your wife is, in, is engaging in dysfunctional behavior where she's trying to get you to basically dominate her in public right be correct in public and you do that you will have white knights from afar come to rescue fair maiden against the abusive man and then she'll lash out at the white knights and then everyone and you're like what is going on here well unless you understand what she her actual psychology it's like you just go home and you you're like Am I, is this really a matrix is it is it really just an illusion and that was worth the coding it is animal human behavior. I tend to find when men do such things, they are often aiming for an opportunity for procreation. If you want to get down to the yeah. business. Of it. I have had beta friends. Like I've lashed out against one of my girls, just like behave like done. Yeah. I am tired of your shit. And you are now acting like a normal little girl. Are you like, do you understand? And then they're like, oh, yeah, well, okay. And then one of my beta friends was like, oh, why are you acting like that towards her? Can't you be nice? And abusive, I just like, it's abusive. Well, that's the reason why, I mean, my conclusion is if you want to be a traditional assertive masculine man and be in a relationship of any kind with, with women, one, don't live in my region. Um, two, you kind of have to live in an area where people are either hands off on that kind of stuff or they share your values because – I'm just saying they will meddle. People will meddle. They will undermine your relationships. They will undermine your, if you get married, they will undermine your marriage. And at least in my, you know, in the Western society, you can't afford, having someone meddle in your marriage to the point where it could cause a divorce. It's like them meddling with your car before you go on a trip through the desert, right? You know who are the worst with that? Her female friends. Yeah. I've seen it. I've seen it countless times. Women who are jealous are the worst people to deal with. My main plate has one girlfriend. Uh, now, she has multiple friends, of course, but there's one who stands out. And she actually tells her, like, oh, you're putting in a lot of effort for Jack. Hmm, isn't that enough? Maybe you should be more selfish. Uh, excuse you. Now, luckily, I, well... I have my frame set enough that she actually sends me screenshot of that text <laughs> conversation where I can see how she's defending me and where she tells her girlfriend to fuck off. <laughs> but a lot of guys don't have that because you, know, you need to be ready for that. Well, and that's the other challenge is like with, uh, you know, I'll tell you a story off, off the air really briefly that kind of gets to years ago, there was this guy, Everyone thought he was crazy. Now I'm looking in looking at this world. Now I'm like, he actually was logical. Like I, it, it makes a lot of sense what he was doing. I, I don't, I think he's still a little unhinged, but like you kind of have to be where you have to, if, if the, you're, if you want to be in a relationship with a girl and I'm not the expert on this, I'm just an observer. You, you can't have, she can't have friends who are, who, who don't appreciate 
being a traditional feminine woman because they will undermine that as well. You can't, it's like someone like poisoning their mind. And my mother had the same thing. My mother had a female friend who got a divorce and she told horrible lies about her ex-husband. And uh, well, I'll share you the details later. But by God, man, like a couple of years with that woman and she, my mother wanted a divorce. And as soon as she didn't hang around with that wench anymore, guess whose attention she started asking again? Like, you're done. Yeah. Yeah. Am I, you know, seriously, man, like women are poisonous amongst each other. And you have, as a man, you have to cross that border of actually telling your woman that her friends are poisonous. And a lot of guys don't dare to do that. You know why? Because they're afraid to be called abusive. But when I see a poisonous venomous snake, I call it a poisonous venomous snake. Right. And that's where, you know, I, this is not something I've ever had to deal with. And this is, and thankfully this has not been a huge challenge for me. I've had other, uh, I have like every other guy I have, I own struggles, but this has not been an area. Um, but it's something that I, I would keep in mind where, you have to be able to it's like that 30 second out rule where you have to be prepared to walk away in 30 seconds flat like you tell the girl she's got a bad relationship with like she you you know down the road she's going to cause problems it's like you need to not talk to this girl anymore or just explain to her that her behavior her attitude towards men and women is not healthy and they can't hang out or they can do it in the more traditional female manner of just not responding to her calls and texts anymore on stuff. And if she doesn't comply with that, you just, you don't get angry. You just explain to her, then we can't be with each other. And what the problem with a lot of this stuff is when it escalates to that point and they initially accept the ultimate, they don't accept the ultimatum. And then they turn around later on and say, Oh, I, you know, I didn't, that's where they're going to do the push and pull where they're going to say with their mouths, Oh, I'll agree. And then they're secretly communicating with their friend. And this is why, and I've seen this stuff play out in different ways in my own life where people will say, okay, I won't do that anymore. And then they go back to doing it. And you've already made the ultimatum of once you've done that, there's no going back, but people don't understand that. They don't understand that when you finally set down uh, uh, like consequences, and they 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 dare you to actually implement them. You have to cross a certain line, right? When it comes to that, and not every guy can do it. I talked to Watson about this. Even I, Watson was telling me, "It's like, oh, but uh, I, at least I can be nasty with them." And I told him, "I'm like, I don't care about being nasty with them. Everybody can be nasty with girls these days. I want them to comply." Now, there's the real challenge, because then psychologically, you really have to cross a line where you're like, you're going to do this. If you're going to do B, you're gone. And most because we have been told from the beginning, no, you have to be nice. You have to be sweet. You, do, you can't set boundaries. You have to. You have to set boundaries. If she has toxic family, it is either comply or goodbye. They leave or I leave. Right. Because I'm not spending my time with your toxic family and i've had to do it i wasn't proud of it but i have crawled from 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 hell to get where i am today i am not ruining it by her mom being in crippling debt or whatever yeah i think that that's for for guys who are looking at long-term relationships um there's 
there's again this is stuff i haven't experienced i've just observed it i'm i tend to learn a lot from uh, observations um from other from just see, when i see a pattern of behavior or i see it occurring in more than two guys you know triangulation um regardless she may be the sweetest girl in the world but if her family life is a mess and her relationship with for example if she has a controlling mother i'm sorry i think i a part of my hind brain will be like she's beautiful she's gorgeous my my learned experience has been one her mother will unless she cuts off her mother entirely she's going to ruin the marriage yep. two she's going to become like her mother yep you can't have that you and seriously you can't. Yeah. sounds cruel but it's the truth and a lot of guys this has been kind of my problem when i was younger i was always looking down the line with a girl like meaning long term i'd be like where would what would how would things play out and i would just the inevitable conclusion would be it would be a disaster Man. most guys my age and the thing is you're not really supposed to think that way when you're 15 16 17 18 most guys don't the problem is they never got out of that phase where they think short term, they take that with they take that short term mindset with girls, which works well in the dating scene today. But then they apply that to marriage, and then the nuclear bomb goes off. Right? <laughs> Guys, do not realize that you do not only vet her; you vet her family, and you vet her brothers, her yeah. sisters, her parents, her uncles, her grandmother. You name it. Because you are not marrying her. You are marrying her family. Right. And guys who don't realize that are in, they are about to enter a world of pain. pain. <laughs> yeah. Big Lebowski, is that right? Yes, exactly. You're about to enter a world of pain. pain. And, <laughs> and the thing is what's crazy is like, we're, this is how insane our world is. And I have to write this stuff down to just process part of it. Vetting extended family is not only seen as inappropriate vetting your potential spouse i mean i've i've personally experienced this where traditionalists lecture me and and rebuke me for having any kind of vetting of any kind like when a woman wants to get married that is the sole criteria um for like you, whether you should consider her um, a marriage material or even consider like asking her out or approaching her or initiating of any kind is she's at the age when she wants to get married and you have no right to vet her in any way, shape or form. And, you know, that's where it's like in my logic was not only do you vet her, but like you were saying, you vet her whole family because that that's all affects you. But no, 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 you don't do that. Because if you did, you come to the conclusion we do, which is you don't get married. And the problem is if men did that in mass, society would fall apart. Our entire society is, in, is based and predicated on men ultimately caving to the uh, ultimatum that has been made by women's actions, which is we are going to delay marriage until we're in our 30s. We are not going to work, uh, practice any kind of skills abilities uh lifestyle choices that are going to make us better wives and mothers and we're going to focus on our careers and we're we are not going to think about you at all for 10 years and we don't really prioritize you and you will accept that demand most men are accepting that ultimatum in, or will 
right? There's going to be a time when millennial women in mass want to get married and the pressure on men is going to, society is going to come down on them like that, like Thor's hammer, right? Yeah. And they're going to- A while back, the yeah. best way to keep a society in check is to make the strongest members believe they are the weakest. Yeah, exactly. You can be the strongest man as an individual, but if you don't, this is why our, our matriarchy, yeah, this is why the matriarchy works to undermine and make men feel uncomfortable with strong male friendships. Because if a man has six guys who will die for him, he is able to withstand and put up with and assert himself in a marriage and in elsewhere much more uh, confidently. Imagine if you had six guys who, if you know, the wife threatens to nuke the marriage, and his 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 buddies have already said that they have his back. They'll be making calls. They'll be they will go fight a battle for him. Instead, what happens in most cases, the men all back away because they know he's about to get blown up, and anyone caught in that um, is gonna it, it is eventually going to escalate to violence. I mean, that's just I, I sound so radical when I say this, but. You're Our right. marriage, the, the divorce system is based on the idea that men will eventually not initiate violence against the system. Because what happens? Inevitably, the police get involved, right? And at that point, it doesn't matter. It's like a speeding ticket. It's, when, you, when a cop turns his lights on and pulls you over, ultimately, you either pull over or it becomes violent. Like they're, they're not going to de-escalate at any point. Eventually, if you continue escalating, the National Guard will get involved, right? Mm. Or you'll get killed. So this is what, like, that's our society today is you have a group of people who will go all the way. If it ends up in death or viol physical violence, they will go there. And the, it, it's predicated on the other party involved backing down well before that because they know that. 100%. Yeah, I hope it makes sense to everybody listening. Yeah, you did. You did. I'm going to wrap this one up. Okay. Guys, you can support the channel on patreon.com forward slash Jack Napier Freeze again. All kind of exclusive content you can enjoy during the epidemic and quarantine. You can get become a Patreon for $1, 5 or 10 All benefit to your, uh, well, what you can miss. TJ, plug your shit. I can go to tjmartinell.com. And that's it. And that's it. If you're smart, that, you'll if you're smart, you'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah, you'll figure it out. Uh, for guys who want some uh, help with training at home, personalstrengthconsulting.com. That's my personal training website. See you guys next week. Oh no, Friday, Friday for red evening. See you guys then.